Psalms 27, I know you're all there. Say amen. Amen. Starting in verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Today's message is entitled, How Great is Our God? How great is our God? I'm going to take you verse by verse through every verse of Psalm 27 right now. So if you did not eat your spiritual Wheaties, you're about ready to get fed some spiritual food. Somebody say, I'm hungry. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm hungry. <laughs> There's a rumbling in the tummy for God's Word this morning. Did you come hungry for the Word? Amen. I'm going to share with you over the next 14 verses how great is our God. Why am I sharing this with you today? Just so you can have a factual understanding, oh, our God is great. Not just for that, though that's great to know how great He is. But I want you to be motivated by your knowledge of God to get close to Him and have a closer relationship. Everybody say, our God is great. The first thing we learn in verse 1 is that the Lord is our light and He is our salvation. Have you ever thought about how much light plays a part of you and ours lives? Could you imagine what would happen if we had no electricity from this point forward for the next year? That would be difficult, wouldn't it? One of the things that we would notice first, after we got rid of all of our doodads, we could probably go without that somewhat easy, though reluctantly cell phones would be pried out of the cold, dead hands of, self, uh, of teenagers. Teenagers would probably be holding on that cell phone to the last minute. But let's just say all of that's gone and you finally survive, MySpace and no cell phone. What would be the first tragic thing we would notice? Around 9 o'clock, it's pitch black outside. We would all notice that in our houses, in our basements. It would be pitch black, no lights. And the first thing we would begin to do is start getting creative on how to make light. And we would start getting candles and all of these different things. And then we would begin to realize all what people went through for, you know, the first 5,000 years of human history and how they lived with candles and kerosene and all of these different things. But I want you now to think about how the world today is in a blackout. Think about today spiritually how the world is a dark place right now. How in darkness people live. Let me give you an example of how people live in darkness. When you go to a club, are the lights bright or are they dark? It's a dark place in a club. People live in darkness. Let me give you another one. When people go out to commit crimes, do they do it in broad daylight? Sometimes in Chicago, but for the most part... I just went there on my own city, Lord forgive me. But for the most part, no. When does it happen? At dark, at night, when it's pitch dark, then they start creeping around like little cockroaches trying to break into our cars, right? Darkness. What happens when somebody is not married to another person and they've had a couple glasses of wine at night and they go into the bedroom? Normally, what do they do before they break one of the Lord's commandments? They make sure it's dark. Hello? I'm just keeping it real. It's tight, but it's right. Amen? And just looking at the natural, we understand that a lot of times when we sin, we like to do it in darkness. Now go beyond all of just the things that we can use in the natural as examples. Think about lying. It's keeping the truth in darkness. Thinking about adultery. It's keeping your wife or your husband in the dark about something going on inside of your life. What does the Bible say, though? The Lord is my light. Somebody say, He's my light. 
You see, the Bible says that God shines in this world, but people prefer darkness, and it's only those who accept Him that He can be called their light, making it personal, my light. I want to ask you a question. Are you still living in darkness, or are you living in the light of Jesus Christ? You see, because if you don't have the light of Jesus Christ in your life, you're living in darkness. And just as if we were in a room without any windows, cut off all the electricity, pitch black, and set landmines in the middle and said, go ahead and try to find your way out, that would be dangerous. It's the same destructive behavior to live without God in this world. You think people intend when they wake up in the morning to become alcoholics? No, they're walking in darkness. They don't even know what makes them stumble. They don't see the landmines of life. Do you think somebody wakes up in the morning and a father says, you know what, I'm going to commit an affair with this woman, leave my children fatherless, and I'm going to move to another state. No, but he walks in darkness. He doesn't know the landmine of lust and perversion, and it makes him stumble. Somebody say, the Lord is my light. And if you have God as your light, then what will you have? Salvation. Just as if the landmines are here, the lights come on, guess what you have? You're safe from blowing off your limbs, aren't you? And when the light comes on, all of a sudden you see that secretary fellas working your job, pulling up her miniskirt, batting those eyelashes at you. You see her as the whore of Babylon. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Satanas, get behind me. And you get out the Catholic priest and start putting holy water on it. Don't ever look at me that way again. See, but before it was like, ooh, la, la. How, what can I do with my secretary? You see, but when the lights come on, Jesus is your salvation. He saves you from that. Come on, somebody. When you're about ready to tell a lie and you're living for Jesus Christ more than your conscience, the Holy Ghost will tell you, don't do that. It will have consequences that consequences you do not want to bear. Now put them all together. If the Lord is my light and I am saved from the destruction of this world, what do I have to be afraid of? Whoa, come on somebody. You don't have to be afraid of the things in this world when Jesus Christ is with you. You don't have to be afraid of sin. You don't have to be afraid of poverty. You don't have to be afraid of sickness and disease. Why? Because God will light up every situation you're in. And He'll be there for you as your salvation. You can make it. Don't be afraid. That's how great our God is. Well, Pastor, I'm going through a tough situation right now. You got the lights on? Is Jesus in your life? You can make it through that. He'll save you. Oh, pastor, you don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm facing, you know, bills and debt. You got the light on? Is Jesus in your life? He'll teach you how to get out of that. Come on, baby. If somebody made it out the depression, you can make it out of recession. If somebody made it out the jungles of Mexico, sleeping on a dirt floor, and made it here and started with nothing, selling in lotes on the street so that they could own their own restaurant and provide kids to go to school. Hallelujah. You can do it, somebody. You can make it. Why? God is with you. I'm just on the first verse. Fourteen more to go. Help me, Lord. Next one. The Lord is the, is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I don't know if you have ever been out in the ocean, but I've had the privilege of being on both sides and being in the ocean, the Gulf, down at the bottom, and, you know, the, the Atlantic. I, I've, I've been in the Pacific. Are you listening to me? Those waves can get so high, so mighty, the undertow can pull you under like that. But have you ever had a life jacket on? 
and you felt like there was nothing that could push you down because the life jacket kept pushing you up? Do you know that those Navy SEALs and those people who go out in the, the 30 foot high waves, they can have a life jacket that will push them back up no matter what happens. That is what God is in the storms of your life. A strong hold. It is like a, a pillar in the midst of the storm and you can hold on to it. Has life ever gotten to the point where everything seems like it's pushing you down and nothing holds you up? You see, God says, I'll hold you up. When was the last time you put on Jesus like a life jacket? It said, God, give me something tight to hold on to. Give me some strength to make it through this situation. Let me give you another example. We like to go rock climbing. And we didn't get to go this time because the summer retreat was 55 degree weather, okay? I don't know what happened this week. I don't know if the Lord got the wrong days on the calendar. So I was joking around with everybody. Maybe next year we should plan our summer retreat in, in January because it will be 80 degrees. But it was cold out there, wasn't it, that first day? But I want you to imagine if we would all went rock climbing. And we would have got up to the top and then written. And Andrew and I and Ricky, we set up everything. We just let down a rope. And we said to, to Robin's brother, what's your name, sir? We said to big old Drew, Drew, get on that rope, boy, and start climbing. And some of y'all would have looked at that rope and go, oh, Lord, that's a big old boy. Go and stand up for us, man. Just give him a hand clap as he stands up. <laughs> He's married, by the way. Let's not get any trouble started here. You know, it was a man whistling, too. Anyway, so you look at big old Andrew, because Andrew and I are about, about there, about the same size. And you look at that little rope, and you say, I ain't going to hold him. Do you know that we have up there strongholds that are the size of a fingernail? Listen to me. I wish I would have brought one here today. We have these pieces of metal that are the size of your fingernail that are attached to a line of steel that will fit into a crack about this big. You put it in sideways and it can hold up a car. I'm telling you the truth. It's a stronghold. And when we go out rock climbing, they teach you to put down three strongholds into these cracks. They're as small as your nails. Some of them are as big as your fist. But these little ones are the easiest to put in. And you put them in and you attach that rope. And that thing with all three of them could probably hold a semi-truck. Three, four tons. Just hold it right there in midair. You see, God is the stronghold of our lives. Sometimes you look at situation and you go, God, I, I don't know if that can hold me, God. God, I don't know if, if this can get me through. I don't know if my job's going to work it through, God. You know what? You're looking at the wrong thing. You've got to look to God. He's the stronghold. It's not the things around you. It's not your job. It's not your buddies. It's not your friend. It's not your house. God is the stronghold. He gets you through. He never moves and He never changes. If you've ever felt afraid because things around you are moving, you have a life jacket on called Christ, and He's your stronghold at the top of the mountain. And the Holy Ghost is there saying, Come on, you can overcome this hill. Can you say amen? I'm just going to encourage you this morning. Go on now to verse 2. When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Have you ever felt in life that people like a pit bull wanted to devour your flesh? Have you ever had an enemy that bad that would put you on a grill and cook you up like filet mignon? 
Come on, you know people can be vicious with their words. You know people can attack you where it hurts the most. Sometimes the saying is true, those that love you or you're the closest with can hurt you the most. Have you ever just been attacked and it just went so down deep in your soul, it just broke you? It just felt like it was devouring you? You went to bed that night thinking about what they said, thinking about what they did? Has anybody ever here been through a bad relationship? Anybody here ever been let down by a parent? Anybody here ever been let down by a husband or a wife? And in the midst of that battle, you just felt like the person you were against was just there to hurt you and destroy you? You know what the Bible says? Even if an army comes against you, don't let your heart be afraid. Why? Because God is with you. How great is our God? Our God is so great that you can be facing an army of people that want to devour your flesh, and yet your heart can be at peace. You know how he said it in Psalm 23? He said it like this, The Lord prepares a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. So here, they're coming to devour you. They're coming to tear you up. They're attacking you. You know what God says? Get on your knees and pray and bless them and enjoy this meal I prepared for you. The Bible says you can bless your enemies. I know it starts off as a hard prayer to pray. Lord, oh God, bless my boss, Jesus. Bless him real good, Lord. I know sometimes it's hard to pray. Lord, bless my neighbor, Jesus. God bless him. Bless the person in front of me in traffic, Lord. Oh, bless him. But then it starts off, Lord, bless them, bless them. And then before you know it, you begin to realize that the more you bless them, the less stress you have in your life. You see, I'm too blessed to be stressed, amen? You see, as you begin just to let it go and let God take over, you can realize that stress begins to leave. You see, that's the secret of life, my friends, is we can't change everybody. We can't make everybody like us. We can't make everybody drive legally in this city, okay? We can't do that. But what we can do is trust God and let our heart be at ease. Somebody just take a deep breath. And look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. Say, God's on our side. You might say, Pastor, that just sounds so easy. Oh, do you, do you think David here is talking metaphorically? Oh, no, 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 no. He wasn't. David was actually being pursued by people that would kill and eat him. By people that would devour him. They would kill and feed him to their dogs. Yeah, we're not just talking about spiritual things for old ladies on church on Sunday. No, no, no. This was a king as a general fighting man. He said, I can stand before men that want to kill me and feed my flesh to the dogs. At the end of the day, God is still with me. So put your trouble next to that next time you want to complain. Amen? Or like I always say, I'll email your prayer request to India. Like, for example, one of the people we were about ready to go out witnessing, and and it was so hard for him because his contacts had been in all day. And if he didn't take out his contacts, he might get an eye infection. And I said, listen, soldier. Can you fight for one more hour? And he said, yes, pastor, I'll try. And then I said, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to send your great struggle, your great trial to India as a prayer request to our brother who faces religious persecution, who's famished and has barely anything, who lives in what we would consider like a bathroom or a closet. Dear Pastor Amit, please pray for our brother. He has to go witnessing tonight and his eyes are dry with the contacts and he might get an affection. Somebody go, oh, Dito. Do you see how little our problems look in comparison to the problems of this world? Pastor, I had to take the bus to church this morning. And it was late. And then, oh, man, then something else happened. Oh, Pastor, feel sorry for me. I'll email that to Pastor Amen. Pastor Amen. You don't really get to take the bus and you don't have any money and you have to walk three and four miles where you go through Hindus and Muslim villages. But anyways, pray for our friend because they couldn't catch their ride this morning. You see, we're going through a recession and we're still living in prosperity to the rest of the world. Ricky and I were in India, and we tried to convince Pastor Amit things were hard for us. And we were like, okay, how do we explain it to him? Pastor Amit, I can't make the payments on my 65-inch TV, so I had to go to the 35-inch. No, that didn't work right. Now, Pastor Amit, I had three cars. I had to sell two. Now I just got one. And he's just like, well, praise God. Praise God. Amen. And I'm like, no, you're not getting it, Pastor Amit. We're suffering. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes I just suffer. Because <laughs> that's how it sounds to me. That's how it sounds when people call me on the phone. Pastor, it's so hard. When an army comes against me, foes come to devour my flesh, I will be confident that God is with me. Can somebody just stretch back their backbone a little bit, put out their shoulders, stick up your chin, and say, I'm confident God is with me. Amen. Look at verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek His face in His temple. Do you know that when I came up with this out there and I started hearing them sing this song, better is one day in the house of the Lord, a great big smile came on my face and I said, confirmation. Our worship leader was singing the very song that I was going to preach out of today. I want to encourage you, our God is so great that if you made one thing in life your desire, make it being with Him. Well, Pastor, what about my family? You won't be a good dad without Him. Well, Pastor, what about my job? You won't make it without Him. Pastor, what about this? Listen, no, all those things are meaningless without Him. Seek ye first His kingdom. Seek it first. You see, David understood. There's one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell with Him all the days of my life, be in His house. Somebody point to where the house of God is today. Okay, got a lot of fingers going this, this, this. Which way is it? Yeah, point to yourself. Where's the house of God? Somebody say, it's in me. Paul said in Corinthians, do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? Do you not know that God does not dwell with bricks and stones anymore as He did in the Old Testament? That He lives in flesh and blood hearts. He lives in the souls of men and women. So listen to what David was saying. David was saying in his day and age, he had to go to a place called a temple. Go ahead and put that temple up there for us. It's on the back of the slide. And there at that temple, God's presence would come sometimes only once a year. And only one person, the priest, could go into that temple and experience God's presence. We'll get there. Just look up at me, okay? All right. Oh, there it is. 
This is what it was like in David's day. And there you see the pillar of fire over the holy of holy place. And what David is literally saying right here, he's saying, I want to live there. Do you know how crazy that would have been to hear David say that back in his day? David says, man, I want to live there. I want to live in the house of God. You know what somebody would say? David, dude, where are you going to use the bathroom at? He was literal. He said, literally, I want to live there. They would have said, David, how are you going to eat there? There's no food for you there. You're going to starve. David, how are you going to fit more people? You've got a big family. You're going to forsake your wife? You and I do not understand the significance of the Holy Ghost. We take it for granted. David said, I have one thing, one desire, that everywhere I go, God is with me. Literally, in the Old Testament, there were times when they did not feel God unless they were in that temple. That means these guys outside of the temple, going about their daily business, they would long to go back into that temple and feel God's presence. It was an event for them. And yet you and I have God living in us. The Bible says the moment you were born again, the Holy Spirit's with you. Now you can pray and you can feel Jesus. How many feel Jesus when they pray? How many have ever cried in God's presence? How many have ever laughed in God's presence? How many have ever felt strengthened and encouraged in God's presence? Amen. Never take that for granted. As a matter of fact, make that the goal of your life. Why? For the same reasons David said it. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. Set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. You say, God will do all that for me if I do that for him. Absolutely. We call this place Metro Praise because we're praising his name. Come on. Amen? We are in the city and we praise God. David said, I found a secret here to victory. If I get in his temple, if I seek his face, he'll protect me. Can I tell you what to do every time you face a problem? Get alone and pray with God. Get alone and start worshiping God. Start with shouts of joy. Your person, your family member may be sick in the hospital, but get alone by yourself and say, Thank you, Lord, that you've blessed me with salvation and all the years on this earth and with your word. God, I thank you for being a good God who prepared heaven for me and a place on earth. Now, God, I need you to work it out for me and my family. See, that will change your situation. How do we normally come to God grumbling? complaining. But David said, in my day of trouble, I'll start with shouts of praises and joy. Do you know that our Father starts off with our Father with uh, who are in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. So before we ever get to give us this day our daily bread, what's the first thing? Hallowed be your name. God, it's all about you. When was the last time you faced the trouble and instead of bringing the trouble to God, you brought your praise? I'm going to say that again. It just got quiet. I need half a church to get it this morning. When was the last time you went through trouble and instead of bringing the trouble to God, you brought your praise? I'm not trying to get you to have mind over matter. No, I'm not hurting. No, I'm not hurting. God, I'm not hurting. No, I'm not trying to ask you to pretend to make it better. No, it's a fact. You go through troubles. It's a fact. You and I have problems. But it's also a fact that if we praise God, victory comes. Oh, man, I wish I had just half a church. Let me get a keyboard and a drummer up here. Come on up here, man. We're going to end praising God. I'm going to praise God by myself if nobody's going to praise Him with me. 
Come on up here. Ishdavi ain't going to know how to do it. You gotta understand the Bible says, in his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Everybody stand to your feet this morning. If you don't want to, remain seated, seated like you just ate a batch of lemons, okay? But everybody who wants to love Jesus, give me some drums right there. Not like that. Give me like that. This is what the Bible says. That you will shout with joy. I double dog dare some of you to shout right now. Not for me, for God. Come on. Jesus. Come on, just tell them that you love them this morning. Come on, we love you, Jesus. Keep praising God. Praise God with me for five minutes till ten after. Come on, praise Him this morning. Come on, when your hands get tired, jump. When your legs get tired, shout. When you get tired of shouting, wave your arms. We're going to bless God in this place. Shouts of joy. Shouts of joy. Come on, if you're going through something, Give God a shout of joy. If you feel like there's enemies attacking you, give God shouts of joy. You're halfway there. Let the devil know that you've come to praise God. Come on, tell your flesh, I will give God the sacrifice of praise even when I don't feel like it. This is exercise for the glory of God. Discipline yourself. Take control of yourself and give it to God. Push in. Jesus. Shouts of joy. You are our Father. You are our King. You are the great God of the universe. How great is our God. Oh, one thing I ask. To be in your presence. Oh, yes. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Sotram! Gloria a Dios! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yes, Lord! Woo! Jesus! Hallelujah! Come on, 30 more seconds! 30 more seconds! Jesus! Jesus! Yes! Jesus! 
you awesome. Hallelujah. Woo. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Now for the next two and a half minutes, next two and a half minutes, just lift up your hands and no music and just talk to God with your hands right now. Lift it up. Just voices. You can keep shouting. Go ahead. Jesus. No music. Just voices. Hallelujah. Glory God in the highest. Oh, healer of our soul. Jesus, we bless your name in the house of God. We lift you up above everything. Come on. If you're sick in your body, say, I lift you up above my sickness. I lift you up above cancer. I lift you up above diseases. Come on. Come on, if you're going through family trouble, say, Lord, I lift you up bigger than that. You're bigger than that. Oh, I won't let it get me down. Oh, the devil's a liar. Whom shall I be afraid of? Come on, you got one more minute just with your mouth to tell God right now how much you love Him. One thing I ask, one thing will I seek to dwell in the house of the Lord. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Now for the last 30 seconds, just say to the Lord, God, give me your advice on my biggest trouble right now. And let God speak to you right now. Whatever you just prayed for, say, God, give me advice. Give me advice. Oh, God, teach me how to make it through this situation. Come on. He'll teach you right now. Go to your boss and say this. Keep your head down. Keep working. Plug away. Come on. Come on, keep singing songs of praise over your daughter. She's going to come back home. The Bible says you'll seek his presence in his temple and you'll get his advice. Hallelujah. God, give us your advice. Jesus, speak to us. Hallelujah. Be our counselor today, oh God. Just play softly here for the next 60 seconds. I'm going to let some of you just hear from God this morning. Sometimes all he has to say is, I'm with you. I know many times I've sought the Lord in my hardest times, and I'll just hear him say, I'm with you. As Rachel continues to play, can you just be seated where you are? Verse 7 goes on to say, and you can put it up there for him, Andrew. 
Just stay up here, guys, and just keep playing. Rachel, about ready to close out. He said in verse 7, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. Do you know that God will hear you when you call? Verse 8, My heart says of you, Seek His face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Have you ever been in a place where all of a sudden the Lord just says to you, Get alone, I'm, get alone I want to talk to you. If you haven't heard that yet, you're not close to Him yet. But those of you who have got close to Him, I see some heads nod, and I see some tears about ready to come down on some people's eyes. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't feel like you're going to make it. And what does God just say? He says, come on, just, just get alone for a little bit. Pray. That's your heart crying out. And when you get in that place, doesn't God meet you there? There's been times when I've met with God and instantly tears just start coming down my face. Why? Because my heart was crying out, seek Him. Seek Him. Go after God. Verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Listen to this, one of the toughest things you'll ever hear in life. It's a true fact, though. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Do you know that my dad explained this to me in such a way that many of you are going to get a revelation? My dad said, Joe, when I read this, I said to myself, that can't be true. I have a good mom. I have a good dad. They would never forsake me. It's my dad said. He said that one day I buried my mom and another day I buried my dad. And he said, I went through my first trouble and my dad was in his 50s when he lost his parents. And he said, my first reaction was to call my dad and say, Dad, I need some advice. And he realized at that moment, no matter how good his parents were, that ultimately they would forsake him. Not that it was their fault. They just can't live forever. And there he was by himself. And he said, that's when I got that verse. He said, because then I went to my Father, which art in heaven. And I said, Daddy, help me. And he said, at that moment, he knew God in a way he had never known Him before. Some of you have lost already a parent, and you know what I'm talking about. Do you know that God says that He'll never leave you? And we're in an earth, on a, in a, on a planet, where everything leaves us. Even the ones who love us the most. How great is our God. That when your houses break down, and your parents leave you, and your children leave, that He never leaves. 
some of you had a best friend die in an accident, like my sister. She lost her best friend, my other sister, in an accident. And I remember my sister coming up to me going, I'll never have another friend like that again. Oh yeah, that's maybe true. Nobody will be like Jenny. But God says He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Now is it true or is it a lie? Verse 11, with that heart, David said, Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. I remember, and I've said it a hundred times, my good friend was traveling around with an evangelist. And he said, I want to see how an older man of God prays. He said, you know, my friend was a young college student, and he would pray. He would say, oh, God in heaven, hear me when I pray. He had that old, you know, tough prayer, southern prayer. But he was with an older man, and he said, man, I want to get with that guy. I want to see how he prays, because this man would see healings in his ministry, and he was traveling with them. And he said, Joey, I want to meet you in your prayer closet. And even Joey was a good old southern preacher would just preach his heart out before God. So he was thinking Joey was going to shout and holler and just let God know how much he loved him. My best friend Wayne said he said he, he saw the most humblest sight. He saw Joey just stand in the middle of the room and just put out his hand and, and say, God, walk with me today. Just take me by my hand and walk with me. Because I don't know how to do it without you. That's how we want to be close to God. There's a shout when you thank Him for all He's done. There's a shout when you know that you got the victory and the battle's been won. But, but God's just looking for you just to come with your brokenness, your hurt, your pain, everything you're going through. And He's asking you, even though it sounds simple and childish, just to put out your hands and say, God, lead me in the path of righteousness because I don't know how to take a left or a right and I don't know what to do in the situations I face in life. It's so complicated. God, here's my hand. Just lead me. I was on a plane ride back from Oakland thinking about how I was going to be a dad and a, and a husband and a Bible college professor and a pastor and travel overseas. And I just felt anxiety just begin to come up in my heart. And, and I just began to worry. And I said, man, how am I going to get it all done? And I was just was reminded of a scripture like this, that God will lead me. And I just kind of closed my eyes and I put on some worship music. And I heard the woman say, oh, how he loves us. And I just began to say, God, I know you love me. And you'll take care of me. And that was all I needed that day. Isn't that what a mom or a dad do? Yeah, they give you advice. But isn't it really just the mom or dad that just comes next to you and just hugs you and says, hey, it's going to be all right. That's God. I want you to stand with me in closing today. Because we're going to have a... Just stand with me right now, please. Because we're going to have some times for you to pray. Verse 12, do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. Verse 13 and 14 are our closing scriptures. I am still confident of this. Remember, we got confident of something at the beginning of service, and that was God was our stronghold, that God was our light and our salvation. Here at the end, verse 13, he says, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, pastor, I know it will get better in heaven. No, no, no. You'll see it on this earth. You'll see it here. Don't give up. 
Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Will you all make a covenant with God today, just you and Him, and say, God, if it gets tough, I'm not going to get going. I'm going to stick it through. God, I'm going to wait on you. And God, when my heart cries out to seek you, I'm going to seek you. Just do that today. Just in your own way. We're about ready to pray in closing. I want you to be confident of that. That when you wait on God, when you take heart, when you, when you say, God, I'm not going to give up, that God will bless you. He will be your strength. He will light up the path for you. He will be that little thing that you don't even see holding you. He'll bring something into your life you don't even see and He'll make a difference. We're going to pray. And as we do, I want to tell you the different ways we're going to pray. I'm going to ask that Ricky would go right over here with Liz. Today, if you came into this service and you don't have a right relationship with God and you got sin in your life and you're struggling with it, I want you to go there. In just a minute, we're going to dismiss to pray. Just go to Ricky or Liz. If a lady is here, let her go to Liz and say, pray with me, girl, I need some help. Go to Ricky and say, brother, I need some help living for God. Get all the junk out today. There in the back is going to be David and Robin. If Robin can bring the baby or not, it's okay. If you can, <laughs> she'll hold the baby, okay. David and Robin are right back there, and they're going to pray a specific prayer. Here it is. God bless me and my family. There's nothing wrong with asking God to bless you. You just go back there today and ask Him if the right heart, if your heart's not right, start right here. In the back, Eddie Berto and Griselda, go on back there. They're going to have some oil and grab the oil first. I know you guys sometimes forget, but grab it every week because the Bible says lay hands with the anointing of oil. If you came in here with a cold or if you came in here diagnosed with a cancer, it doesn't matter how big or small your sickness or disease is. Go get prayer today. You say, Pastor, how many times do I get prayer? How many times do you take medication until you get well? Amen? Can we just apply some sense to this? Amen? Well, I already prayed and it didn't work. Well, did you take that medication? Did it work? Come on. You say, Pastor, are you still asking God to heal your eyes? Amen. I still ask God to heal my eyes. I still ask God for the small things. Ask Him again today. Let's have faith. And then Adolfo, please go over here. And I'm going to ask that Adam would meet him over there. And my wife, if she's still here, you hear? And if you just need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you've never spoken tongues and you want to speak in tongues, I want you to go over there. If you just need a fresh power of God in your life, go over there. And then lastly, right up here at this altar is where you say, God, these things are taken care of, but I'm just seeking your face one more time. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask that everybody here would find a place of prayer and service is over when you walk out those doors because I've done my part. Amen? Stay as long as you want. There's no pressure. Just stay as long as you want. We're just going to turn the house to a house of prayer now. Amen? Father God, thank You for today's service. Thank You for everyone that's been in this awesome meeting today. But God, we know before we leave that there's some things on our hearts, some things we want to take care of at this altar because You are a great God. God, I pray right now that everybody gets prayer or seeks Your face before they leave and start another week. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.